I was uh, asking the Lord what to uh, to share about this morning, uh, yesterday, and uh, writing in my journal. And uh, the Lord said, my anointing, and when I say said, I didn't hear an audible voice, just felt in my heart, <clears throat> the Lord speaking to me. And he said, my anointing is present to heal. Everybody say heal. heal. Deliver, Deliver. And save. And, and uh, then last night, Pastor Pam texted me. And she said, have a great day tomorrow. The word will bring healing. Everybody say healing. healing. Salvation, Salvation. And deliverance. <laughs> There's like a million different words in the English language, right? And the two people I want to hear from said exactly the same thing. The Holy Spirit and Pastor Pam. <laughs> I was like, "Woo! yes, it's going to be a good day. Amen. Well, uh, I don't have any funny stories this morning, but um, we were looking, but I kind of do, I guess, but we were uh, looking through all these pictures, you know, as we were preparing for uh, Weston's graduation party, and uh, we came across the one that uh, when we had three kids and two in the oven, and it was the day, the day that uh, Sam and Joe were going to be born, and we had this picture in the hospital of Kelly laying there. And uh, I just had this thought. I was like, that's when things got exciting. That day. The day the twins were born. You know, we went from normal to suburban, right? Like, no other options but suburban. And um, Sam and Joe have never been in trouble at school. They're eight now. They're in second grade. Uh, they've never been in trouble at school, but life has been exciting in our house literally the day, since the day they were born. And... Um, especially when they were little. And uh, a couple of funny things. Uh, when they were probably two or three, you know, I think maybe one boy might, you know, might go 20 feet into the woods, but when there's two of them, they go 100 yards. It's just two, two working together uh, seems to just, you know, uh, increase the amount of courage they have or something. I'm not sure. But uh, so my sister Donna was over uh, and, and she taught them how to go out. This is probably when they were two or three. And she took a popcorn bowl outside in the winter. And she taught them how to scoop up, you know, a big uh, uh, um, a bowl of uh, snow. And you bring it in. And you can make snowmen at the uh, kitchen table. And uh, they thought that was awesome, right? Well, my sister went home. And her family went home. And later that evening, it was quiet. We didn't hear anything. We went upstairs. And Sam and Joe had gone outside, taken a popcorn bowl of snow off the balcony in our master bedroom, brought it in, and were literally making snowballs, throwing it at the fireplace in our bedroom. <laughs> and uh, no joke, there was like 20, you know, like on the fireplace. And uh, another time, we uh, got quiet again, and then we heard, uh, psh, we looked at each other, and what's that sound? And we went out in the uh, mudroom, and this was a new house that we moved in into, and so, you know, brand new, everything, like, so clean. Everything's the color of dirt on purpose, like the carpet's the color of dirt, and the walls are the color of dirt. <laughs> Before they got started on things, everything, that, that was, like, purposely done, right? Everything's tan or brown. We figured that'd be the safe way to go, but so one afternoon, we heard this hissing sound. What is that sound? So we got up, went out in the mudroom, and Sam and Joe had been rolling a can of uh, Dr. Pepper or root beer back and forth. <laughs> And uh, somehow hit it just right. It punctured, and that thing was spinning around on the floor. And the mudroom literally had Dr. Pepper or root beer all over every surface in that room. 
ceiling, windows, windowsills, trim, doors. And so, uh, and it stained everything. So, you know, as it hit and then it ran down. And so uh, literally had to repaint every surface in that room. But this, this is the best one. Uh, a Sunday afternoon, um, we had, uh, like, like we all do, right? Sunday afternoon, about two or three o'clock, we'd fallen asleep on the couch, right? We were taking a nap. And uh, woke up and realized we had not heard from Sam or Joe for a while. And they were two or three at the time. And um, I don't even know how they would think of doing this, but we went out, we went in the living room, and when we moved into the new house, we put uh, new leather couches in the living room, so we had two couches and then a, then a cloth one, right? Three couches. Well, they had taken all the uh, cushions off of the couches, stacked them in the middle of the room, and gone and gotten one of those gargantuan-sized bottles of Hershey syrup and had literally emptied that Hershey syrup all over everything. The cushions, the, ca- I mean, the couches underneath, the backs, the carpet. Is that not crazy? That's a true story. So we don't take naps anymore. We go to school and their teachers are like, they are just so wonderful. They don't do anything wrong. I'm like, come home. No. Well, it's a uh, again a tremendous honor for uh, to me to have to have the opportunity to share. As uh, as I said Wednesday night, you know, um, this is the place where where we found the Lord. Really, you know, I grew up in a church, but it, it was a dead church. It, it wasn't alive. They didn't share didn't share from the Bible. The Holy Spirit was not invited to move. Uh, there was no life. A lot of good people, but I really didn't learn much about the Lord and uh, didn't really have a connection. Uh, with the Lord, and, and uh, so this is the place where, uh, where we learned the Bible and, uh, and really um, uh, got to know the Lord, and our relationship grew and, and with the Lord, and so tremendous, we counted a tremendous honor that uh, our pastors would uh, entrust us with the opportunity to share this morning, amen? And uh, let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and uh, we thank you Again, for the opportunity to be together this morning, our hearts and minds are open to receive what you have for us. Lord, I ask you to speak through me in a powerful way this morning. Uh, We're hungry for more of you. We want to grow in our relationship with you, Father. We want to see you move in our lives in a powerful way. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that the anointing is on your word this morning to heal, deliver, and save. Change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You know, this year in the uh, student ministry, uh, working with our adult leadership team, um, we, we threw this idea out at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you, you know, we've all seen awesome customer service at different retail places. And so I think we have an idea or maybe recognize what awesome customer service is, you know. And uh, each of us would have different examples of, of different stores and places that provided or, or provide every time you go in. They provide the highest levels of customer care, customer service, right? And, and so we talked as a leadership group, and we said, what would it look like, you know, if we provided the highest levels of customer service to the young people every time they step through these doors? Uh, you know, not looking at them and trying to get something from them or not looking for behavior modification, but rather just coming in to serve them. Amen? 
and uh, creating envir an environment of such love um, where they can't help but fall in love with the Lord. Amen? And so that has been our goal this year is to... Uh, uh, and really, it sets us free as leaders because as a leader, when you're responsible for an area, you start gauging your success on, on how well they're doing, right? If they're doing well, then you feel like you're doing a good job. Or if, or if you know, hey, they're really worshiping passionately, and so we must be doing okay. And so it's easy to kind of gauge your success and as you're judging the young people, right? But uh, we've tried to take a different approach this year, and uh, really it sets us free to uh, allow God to move in their life. Because rather than judging them and looking for behavior modification, it's, hey, what can we do to serve you like you have never been served before? Amen? What can we do to love you like you've never been loved? And so no matter where they go in life or, you know, what God has for them, they can always look back at that season in the student ministry and say, that was a season in my life where those group of people loved me like I've never been loved. Amen? They serve me like I've never been served. And, uh, you know, we, we, we do it with, with food every week, you know. And, uh, and so we just we try to go over the top with, with the food, right, and just to make it really great and really special and uh, let them have as much as they want and uh, just to create an environment because the word will change them. And so, but our job is to love them and to serve them and to create this warm, caring environment with a high level of customer service, so they can't wait to come back, right? They can't wait to come back and just be a part of it. And then when the anointing is there during worship and the words going forth, then we see God change their life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God has called you and I to, uh, we all have influence in, in all these different areas in our life. At work, the people that probably know us, uh, you know, family and work are probably the people that know us the best, Right? They see the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? People at work and people in our, you know, our family. And, and so we all have these different areas of influence in our life. And God has called us to impact people in every area of our life. Amen? And uh, believe that he's called us to impact people through his love. Not through judging people, not through condemning people, not through seeing their faults, but through, but through seeing people how God sees them. Amen? And uh, impacting this community with his love. Amen? When, when we go about it in that way, I think we can truly say Jesus is the answer for the world. Amen? When we have a heart to serve and a heart to love others... You know, just so many practical examples we could probably all give, you know, at, you know, at work the other day, um, you know, our team has been together for six or seven years, and so at work you get into a certain routine, you know, uh, Dan likes the, uh, the air at 72, Pat likes the air at 71, and Stephanie and Barb like the air at 73, right? Well, uh, so are we going to get frustrated with one another? I'll give you an example, though. The... Uh, um, the regional manager, uh, a relatively new regional manager, uh, had some meetings at our office. And so she comes in, and evidently the area she was in, hope she's not listening. That would be, that'd be great, maybe. I don't know. Hello, Laura. How you doing? No. But um, she comes in and, uh, and, and doesn't, you know, perhaps the sensitive thing to do would be like, hey, it's kind of warm in this area of the, would you guys mind if I turn it, the thermostat down a little bit? right? 
but for whatever reason, she doesn't go about it in that sensitive manner, right? And so she just comes in and bam, 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 cranks it down, right? And so the air kicks on, and oh, a couple hours later, it's freezing. And so I went over to the thermostat, and I'm like, what is this woman's problem, right? <laughs> to my coworkers, that's a great example of God's love, right? <laughs> Critical of the regional manager, someone that God has put in authority. Hey, I'm preaching on Sunday. You guys want to come hear me preach, right? <laughs> I'd say a much, we can have a much greater impact uh, by walking in love and not being critical of others. Amen? And I think we can probably all think of examples in our life, <clears throat> all the different roles that we play. God has called us to impact this world by the way we treat people, the way we care about people, the way we support people, the way we encourage people. We were at Grace's uh, softball game yesterday morning, and uh, this little guy runs up to us. His name's Bryce. Uh, he's mildly autistic, and he was on my baseball team a couple years ago. I was his coach. And, um, oh, check this out. Okay, bottom of the seventh inning in the tournament we were in a position to win the game. We were up by one run. And, uh, you know, at this age, baseball, it was like seven and eight-year-olds. So the ball doesn't get to center field very often. It usually gets to, you just got to have a good pitcher and a good first baseman. Boom, boom, get them out, right? Well, the, the way the, the game was playing out, we were up by just a run, but the ball went out into center field, and Bryce got the ball for one of the first times all year, right? All he had to do, you know, the bases weren't loaded. No, they were not loaded. <clears throat> All he had to do was get the ball back to the pitcher and the play's over, right? Well, and then we win, and we win the tournament, and it's all over. Bryce got the ball, and he looks. Throw the ball! Throw the ball! And he looks. He doesn't move. He's just, like, frozen, right? And then he sprints from center field, and he's chasing the runner, Right? And so the runner's going, their coaches are going, go, 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 right? This, this motion, right? And so their runner goes to first, to second, to third, and Bryce has the ball. He's running all the way home. Runner's safe. We lose the game. But um, no big deal. It was a blast. Right? It's a great memory, actually. But uh, so Bryce came up to us yesterday. Uh, super sweet kid, and uh, we definitely had a connection with him, you know, and uh, um, he came up to us, and he walks up, he goes, Tootsie Roll Pop. It was all warm and gooey, it had been in his pocket for a while, I was like, thank you. But, uh, so, so uh, you know, Kelly and I, our chairs weren't very far apart, and uh, Bryce just went, you know, squeezed right in between us, and uh, was sitting there uh, during Grace's game for uh, a few innings, and then uh, just talking, you know, about random things. And he looks over to, at me and he goes, you know what? You're like a brother to me. He's 10. He's 10 years old. Little bitty guy. He goes, you're like a brother to me. And then he looks at our whole family. He goes, you're all like brothers to me. <laughs> and then he goes, do you want to go swimming tomorrow? <laughs> We're called to impact. And then he said, he said, you people, he said, you people are so nice to me. You and I are called to impact people in every area of our life. That's how the world will be changed. Amen. It will not be changed by us trying to prove a point. It will not be changed by us trying whatever side of the <clears throat> political fence you're on. It won't be changed by us trying to prove the other side wrong and being critical of others. Amen? God has called, or he's called us to care about people. 
He's called us to treasure people. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, if you could throw that scripture up. Hello, Pastor Bill and Pam. They're down there in Florida. Listening. Yeah, how about that? Pastor Pam texted me last night. She said, I listened to your message on Wednesday. I was like, oh, man. They're listening. Pastor Bill loves Florida, right? It's awesome. Pray for them as they're seeking the Lord's direction for the next chapter in, our, in the church. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Are you all like me? Do you struggle like constantly like to put yourself second and not like always thinking about what you want, right? I think I struggle with that. Like always thinking about myself and this is what I want and this is where I want to go and this is what I'm interested in, right? It's the, this, Jesus' word was contrary to the flesh, amen? Completely contrary to the flesh. And um, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each of you esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Amen? In the message version... Check this out. Same, same scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of, spirit, of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Amen? You know, when I grew up, I was... Um, my mom started me in school early. Like, I was like an old four-year-old when I went to like kindergarten and some people were like a six-year-old. So I started early. So I was young, short, skinny, small, and undersized. And I matured late, right? So I didn't have hair on my arms till like I was a junior in high school. You want to, Josh, he had a full beard in sixth grade. You did. It's awesome. I'm still working on it, pal. But uh, so you want to talk a recipe for getting picked on as a young person, right? Skinny, small, short, undersized, mature, late, right? Young, youngest one in the class. And so for me, uh, you know, I had to work this out. When I first came to Victory and started hearing a message of love and, and putting others first and forgiving other people, I had to work this out in myself because I saw the message of love as a message of weakness, that I didn't fight back or I didn't respond with my shoulders back because growing up, I couldn't, right? And so I saw that as a message of weakness, but the truth is it's the message of strength, amen? Because those who respond in love truly are the strongest, amen? Those who respond in anger or frustration are the weakest, right? 
weak in self-control, weak in love. Amen? Pastor Pam actually helped me with that. We talked about that specifically a long time ago. This message is contrary to our flesh. A few years ago, I was, um, I was coaching sixth grade basketball, and uh, this little group of sixth graders the year before had won zero games out at, uh, out at Faith, and uh, we got whipped by some boys. Rossville beat us 53 to 5. No mercy. Did we beat them last year, eighth grade? So close, right? It's pretty awesome because we've gotten closer. Anyway, putting others first. Here we go. So um, I was coaching sixth grade basketball, right? And, and so we're, it's our first game in sixth grade, and we're coming off this terrible fifth grade season, and we're looking at these boys. We're thinking, man, they have athletic talent, but hopefully we'll win a game someday, right? And so this first game, we're playing Clinton Central, and and... And me as the coach, I tend to get excited about things, right? And just passionate about, and so whatever we're doing. And so with this little sixth grade team, I was excited, right? And so um, we won the game. We won that first game against Clinton Central. And uh, me and uh, Jerry Prather, he's an insurance guy here in town. His son's is on team two, and so we coached together. And Jerry's super competitive, and man, we were fired up, boy. Beat those sixth grade boys from Clinton Central. Whipped them, right? So we were excited. And... Um, it's easy to do. Have you all been to a youth sports event? <laughs> so afterwards, one of the other uh, uh, the kids on our team, his dad called me, and he said, I feel like I need to meet with you. And he said, I'm disappointed in the way that you handled yourself, and I'm not sure I want my son to play for you. And uh, that was hard for me because at, at the time, all these different leadership roles that I'm in, no one would ever tell me I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> so he was telling me that, and it was, uh, it was, it, we went to lunch. And, uh, and he's a local FBI agent, so that kind of added a little sting to it. Yeah, hello. So we went to lunch at Jabba Roaster, and this would have been uh, four years ago. <clears throat> and um, and he, he, he asked me, he says, is this really the kind of, coach you want to be? Is this really the kind of man you want to be, to be that intense on the sideline with sixth grade boys? Is that really the kind of character you want to demonstrate and the kind of person you want to be? I said, Rocky, did you not see the game? Did you, do you remember last year, Rossville, 53 to 5? Our sons were humiliated. Rocky, we just beat them boys from Clinton Central. <clears throat> but... Um, That was a difficult lunch for me, but it was one that changed my life because, um, you know, I'm coaching all these different teams all the time, you know, baseball and 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 basketball and all these different age groups. And uh, it really changed the way that uh, that I approach it and uh, changed the way that I look at sports in general. And uh, so many times after games, Kelly and I be driving home and we're thinking, are we seeing any positive fruit coming out of? coming out of this activity, right? I see, I see men on the sideline yelling at kids, getting excited, right? And uh, I see young people getting frustrated with each other, right? And, uh, and so it really began to change our approach uh, the, way we, uh, the way we look at it, amen? 
And uh, it's been great ever since then. And uh, because, you know, I think if we really, if we look at our lives, the type of people we want to be are gracious, kind, caring, compassionate, loving, and encouraging. Amen? Not intense, not critical, right? Not judgmental. Several uh, different situations uh, for, for my life personally, and, um, and I know that we all have different situations that we have that, uh, that we're called to walk in love, and, uh, but these are just a few that hit home for us. You know, sporting events, never rooting against the other team. Have you been to a middle school, no, 10-year-old, 10-year-old girls softball game? And uh, that's one thing I appreciate about the faith leagues out there. It's probably not as competitive as we would like to be to help the kids develop and get better. But one thing about it is, is from the very beginning, it's, it's you only cheer for your team and you never cheer against the other team. And uh, it's an awesome thing because uh, as we travel around the community and you play all these different teams, these little 10-year-old girls have these horrible cheers against the other teams. Hey, pitcher, hey, pitcher, shoes on tie, gun, whatever, just all these mean things, right? <laughs> so sporting events, never rooting against the other team, always rooting for your team. Amen? <laughs> Referees, always, hey, are we going to be people of love or not, right? Always honoring, respecting referees, never, ever saying a critical word about a referee. Amen? Whole new thought, right? Even on the TV, if, are we going to be people of love or not, right? Amen? A couple years ago, I had my lawn chair at the little softball game, and, and the coach looked over and said, hey, we need a referee for the game. Will you volunteer? Sure. Had no idea what I was getting myself into, <laughs> right? These parents from the other team were yelling at me. Like saying mean things to me. Right? I wanted to say, listen, I'm just, I'm like you. I have my lawn chair and I'm simply here volunteering, doing the best I can. Certainly not making any wrong calls on purpose, right? All these referees and these, we love sports, you can tell, but all these different referees and different sports, they're doing the best they can. And uh, you and I, as representatives of the kingdom of God on this earth, we should never allow critical words to come out of our mouth of anyone. Amen? Especially those that God has put in authority. Uh, how about in sales? Uh, if you're in sales this morning here, you know, uh, when we're walking in God's love, we never have to manipulate people to do anything uh, always seeking to help people, never have to put pressure on people to do anything. Amen? If we're always walking in His love, seeking to implement the kingdom of God on this earth, then it's allowing Him to move through us in every situation. Amen? Disciplining children. Uh, never discipline in anger or frustration. Always in love. Amen? Uh, we have about 80 tenants that we collect rent from every month, uh, most of them college students. And uh, so when we're collecting rent, always in love and always with respect. Amen? Never harsh, never critical. You know, when Jesus, 
walked on the earth, and he said these words in uh, Matthew chapter 5. You can put that scripture up there. Matthew 5, 43 and 44. Matthew 5, 33 and 34. Actually, it's uh, 43. Sorry. Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 43. Yeah, 43 and 44. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Strong words, amen. Jesus was our example of this walk of love. In, in cha- or 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Cast all your care on him, because he cares for you. You know, you think about the the things that you care about and the people that you care about, we get a picture of God's love for us. Amen. And he says, you cast your care upon me because I care for you and I want what's best for you. And that has to be our heart attitude in this life, at work, in our families, in the community, every person that we interact with, you cast your care on me because I care about you. Amen. I will carry your burden for you because he carried my burden. Amen? I have a uh, short video for you this morning about a, uh, a picture of love. This, this message of love I heard for the first time uh, from Diane Hughes when she was uh, teaching Victory Bible Institute here. And uh, I had ju- just moved to Lafayette. Uh, this would have been uh, like 1991 or 92, and uh, just moved to Lafayette. I was new in the things of the Lord, and I was going to Victory Bible Institute, and Diane Hughes spoke this message on love and on God's love for us. I had never heard about it before. I had never really like heard that God loved me and cared about me the way that she presented it. And I went to work the next day. I was like, you got to come here about this. You have got to come here about God's love. And so I brought my friend to uh, VBI the next evening. And I was like, and I brought him up to Diane. I was like, Diane, tell him about the love. Just just the way that you explained it yesterday. Share with him the same way you explained it to me. Amen? It was so exciting. So have a picture of uh, God's love for us this morning.
could wish today? What would you wish me? That my dad could be here. Our sons are doing what they need to do to protect the country.
up, buddy. I missed you. I missed you too. Yes, Luke and Weston, I'm crying. <laughs> they give me a hard time because I cry at everything. Everybody say a father's love. Father's love. Amen. The original picture of our father's love is in Luke 15:11. And, uh, you know, he's, he's called us to demonstrate his love on this earth. We are the ones who are the carriers of his love. If others are going to see his love, they're going to see it in us. Amen? If they're going to experience his encouragement and compassion and never-ending care for other people, over-the-top care for other people, they're going to experience it in us and through us. Amen? It's not going to come from any other, any other place except through God's people. Amen? And the book of Luke chapter 15, 11 says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. And there, this young man wasted his possessions with prodigal living or wild living. But when he had spent everything, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent uh, him into the fields to feed the swine. And the young man would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when the young man came to his senses, came to himself, he, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will go, or I will arise. I'll go to my father. I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. The young man arose, he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, everybody say a great way off, say his father saw him, his father saw him, the only way his father would have seen him when he was a great way off is if his father would have been looking for him, amen, and I'm sure there had been reports of what his son was doing with half of his wealth, wasting it, right? I'm sure others were coming back and giving bad reports of how his son was living. Amen? But he said, while he was still a great way off, he was looking for him. He said, his father saw him. He had compassion. He ran. He fell on his neck, and he kissed his son. I think we see a picture of what probably happened. Amen? <laughs> his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in your sight, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring out the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. We see a picture of God's love for us. Amen. That's why Jesus 
told this story. It's a picture of the Father's love even when people don't deserve that great love. And people are going to experience His love on this earth through you and me. It says, bring the cat, a fatted calf here, kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead. He's alive again. He was lost. And now he's found. And they all began to be merry. Amen. Sorry. I want to just wrap it up this morning with uh, three keys to walking in love in every area of our life. Number one is walk in the spirit and will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This walk of love is completely contrary to our flesh. Amen. Our flesh always wants to be right. Our flesh wants to prove a point. Our, our, Our flesh wants to get its way. This is a supernatural walk. And uh, the only way that you and I can hope to walk this way, it's easy to walk this way in here, amen? Because his anointing is love, of love is, is on this church. But it's a little different when no one else is looking, right? And you and I are out in the community or at work or in our family. The first key is uh, walk in the spirit and will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, Galatians 5.16. You and I should uh, never walk in judgment of other people. The Bible says the same standard of judgment that we hold others to, we'll be judged ourselves. The same critical attitude that we might have towards others, we'll be judged with that same standard. So never a harsh word about others, never a critical word about other people. The second key for you and I to walk in this type of love is to see people the way that God sees people. Amen. See people for the potential that they have in them and not for their mistakes, not for their past, not for their differences, not for their weaknesses, but to, uh, to walk in tremendous grace, the way that God, uh, walks with us. Amen. And the third key, um, for us to walk in this type of love is to see God as our source. See God as our source for everything, to never see people as our source for anything. Because if, if we hold people up to a standard and where we're relying on them for anything, we will be disappointed in life and we will find it difficult to love people the way God's called us to love them because people will disappoint us. Amen. And so people cannot be our source. They can't be our source of contentment, fulfillment, encouragement, right? Amen? People will disappoint us. They won't treat us how they're supposed to treat us. We can't look to people for our sense of security. If um, Can't look to people for recognition. Can't look to people for acknowledgement. If we do, we're going to continually find ourselves in judgment of them because they will not be able to measure up to the standard that we have for them. Amen? It's a great life just to set people free and just to love people right where they're at and not hold people up to any sort of standard uh, uh, in order to deserve our love. Amen? It's a great life just to love people, care about people, be good to people. Amen? 
And the only way to really do that is to, uh, to see God as our source. Husbands, we can't see our wives as our source. Amen? Can't see our wives as even as awesome as they are. We can't see our wives as, as a source of fulfillment in any area of our life because they will disappoint us. Amen? God has to be our source in everything. That will allow us to set our wives free to be all God has called them to be. Amen? Wives, you cannot look at your husband for your source of contentment or fulfillment or recognition or any other area in life or you will become disappointed. Amen? Set them free. Just love them. Amen? Love them and don't constantly pull on them and have need of them. Amen? See God as our source, and that will allow us to set others free and love them how God has called us to love them. Amen? God's amazing love inside of you and me will enable us to do amazing things for people. Amen? And uh, this is the message that will change the world. This will change our community. Amen? When people see us walking in that type of blood, how do people expect Christians to walk? with a critical, judgmental attitude, right? That's what the world, I think, a lot of times sees as Christians. But if we'll walk with this type of love, then uh, this is the message that will change the world. Amen? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.